Youth Ministry Institute original podcast. Welcome to the Making Sense of Ministry podcast, the podcast designed to help you lead well in your ministry, transform lives, and impact generations. This is Brian Lawson, back again with Kirsten Knox. Hey, Kirsten. Hey, Brian. Hey, everyone. And we're so glad to have you here listening with us today. Uh, We are in our season of volunteers. So this whole season on this podcast is all dedicated to the lifespan of a volunteer. Uh, So if you did not hear the first couple episodes, I'd encourage you uh, to go back and listen to those because we're going to build as we move uh, through this season. So Kirsten, uh, in our last episode we released, it was a five-minute mentoring episode. Uh, You talked about recruiting the best and making a list. So here's my question for you, Kirsten. Do you actually do that? Or is it something (laughs) you just teach that you should do? Well, I would say yes, I actually do it. And have there been years where I did not do it? Yes. So I would say yes and no, (laughs) right? (laughs) And those probably were not my better recruiting years. And so I could probably tell a difference. Um, I used to call my A-team when I would make a list, Mm -hmm. like um, who would I want to be? on my team, if I could have anybody. Um, and then oftentimes I sometimes would make a list of who do I think will be an easy yes. Um, and be that would serve in the youth ministry. So, but yes, I would do it. It was hard because I want to say no for people before they say no. So you've got your a team is what I heard. And then you've got your easy yes team and hopefully you're recruiting more of your a team. (laughs) I would. Yes, I would do that. So it would push me because I would tend to I could develop, it was easier for me to develop a B team than an A team. Yeah. And so making the list made me really focus on the A team and who was the best that I wanted to ask. Um, So for me, it helped me focus in that space when I had a tendency not to at times. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to go into this today. We will go down down the road, but could you take a a B player and develop them, you know, into your A team? And I think that's possible. Also, I mean, I think about like the baseball season. We've been following the Reds all season and they've moved rookies up and back down in the AAA and back and forth all the time, which is probably terrible for the players. Uh, however, it's about development and the needs of the team. And and so their their goal in AAA is to develop the players for um, for the majors. So, yeah. So it's good to hear you actually do it because I didn't know if yes. it's something you teach, but you don't do. But yeah, good. <laughs> That's good to know. So hear that. We actually try to do what we what we're telling you. Yes. We yes. don't always do it perfect, but we sure try. True. Yeah. So as we uh as we're going into this next um this next part of our season um on volunteers, I'm wondering what kinds of unique volunteers have you and I had in our ministry? I wonder if we shouldn't share some of that. Um yes, you know, the the ones you don't necessarily think about in youth ministry. Like you wouldn't walk down the street and be like, that person's definitely a volunteer in youth or kids ministry. Uh, there's just no way they volunteer in, in those ministries, right? <laughs> like yes, like yes. who are All those right. people? Yeah. Brian, so tell us who is one of the unique people that you've had in your ministry that you normally wouldn't have just picked out? So I feel like I've had some unique characters. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a volunteer that had a beard that like basically went to the ground, which was always fantastic. <laughs> and I don't know how Great he managed conversation that. Started. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but one one unique volunteer that I that I think about um, 
this gentleman who uh, I believe he was probably in his mid to upper thirties when I first recruited him, married, had kids. So nothing unique about that um, necessarily, but what was most unique about him was his day job was a, he was a risk manager uh, for NASCAR. So number one, oh, his job wow. is cool because he worked for NASCAR. I mean, I don't know a lot about yes. NASCAR, but it sounds cool to be, to say you work there. Uh, so he's a risk manager for NASCAR. Uh, and so how many people I wonder would think a risk manager would work well in youth or kids ministry? Because let's be honest, how often are we actually like pushing the limits on, on things? I would be like his job. He had a lot to do in his job if he was that. Yeah. And I wonder how many people in ministry would really want somebody on their team who's going to be like, are you sure you really want to do that? Maybe that's not the wisest thing. Perhaps we should right. dial this. We back usually a like bit. the others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. So, so true. So he's not he's not the person you would initially think um, would be a volunteer, mm-hmm. uh, but he became a really great asset because there were times where he would gently question, you know, respectfully kind of push and back and say, "Hey, are we sure that this is the best the best route? Mm-hmm. What if we looked at it this way?" And sometimes we agree with him, and sometimes we didn't agree with him, um, but we appreciated his voice in the conversation. But he also. It was a fantastic small group leader and is still doing it today, years later. Not the typical volunteer you would think of, but a fantastic one. The A-team. Did right? he know? Was that like a formal role that he had or did he just naturally lean into that? You mean like kind of pushing back against us? Yeah. Or, like yeah. it was something you would talk to him about, like, here's what I would really like for you to like do. And this would be helpful. Or did it just naturally happen? I did not ask him because he was a risk manager. In fact, I was hesitant to ask him because of that. So I did not tell him ahead of time, uh, but he just brought it with him, right? Like okay. it's his training. It's his career. It's what he does. Mm-hmm. So he brings part of who he is with him into the conversation. So he wasn't asked. He just offered it. Um, and I'm glad he did. Hmm. I'm glad he did. Yeah. yeah. That's some things you stumble onto that there's some real goodness that you didn't really think through, right? Like intentional, but then just happened. I always say for me, I have to almost have it the other way as someone who pushes limits because mm. I tend to really have a low tolerance for risk when I'm, you know, in charge of other people's kids. So I intentionally put someone on my team who's going to push it a little bit and be like, hey, this is okay, because I tend not to do that as much. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am I think I'm probably middle of the road, but I had some say. people on my team who would absolutely push it um, to the limit. And so he was the other side. So <laughs> Right. It worked, yeah. It Created all well. those voices. Yep, yes. Working and together. Was, yes. And, you know, if you have a good culture where everybody can hear one another, that that's helpful too. And, mm. and where disagreement is okay, because it pushes us to be better and the better. best that we yes. can be. So, uh, so it was good. But how about you, Kirsten? Did you, have you, did you think back on your time, what unique volunteer or volunteers have you had uh, in your ministries that you've served? Yes. I had this one lady, she um, worked at the post office and she had, she had lost um, her college age son a few years mm. back in an accident and got to the place where she really wanted to help with students, but knew she wasn't that emotionally in a space really to interact with them one-on-one. But she's like, I work at the post office. I don't know if that can help you. And I was like, well, I always want to do these birthday postcards and send out to students you know, the week of their birthday, but that's one other admin task in the midst of everything else kind of falls through the cracks. So we ha- we created the system. At the end of each month, she would give me a stack of postcards that she had already addressed and she would put up in the right corner 
the date, their birthday. And I would write them a personalized note and then hand them back to her. And then she would mail them throughout the month when it was time for their birthday. So students got this birthday card, postcard for me with a personalized note. And I didn't have to do anything but once a month, sit down and be able to write them out. But I remember her saying to me, I work at the post office. Can that be helpful? And I was like, (laughs) yes, it can. Yes, this can be helpful. So it was, I, you know, stumbled onto her and it was a unique and she never really interacted with students, but also got to play a powerful role in their life and speak encouragement and celebrate them. And they, they will never know her name, most of them. And yet she played a critical role for them. So I always felt like, I was like, wow. And I would have never, she came to me and asked. So that was great. So I love that she made so mailed those cards. I have a similar situation right now where I have a volunteer who prepares the cards and puts the names and the date in the top corner, just like you described, where you put the stamp. Yeah. Um, a question for you, Kirsten. And I hate to admit this. I have still forgotten to mail them. Like I have wow. st- I have finished them, closed them up, even put the stamp on them, and then left them on my desk over the weekend and forgot. So more than once. Cards have been late because of me. Has that happened? Did you ever do that? Well, she would do all of that. So I didn't even have to mail them. Oh. She would mail them. Oh, so that's... I would hand them back to her and she would mail them on the right day, like to get there a couple of days or else, Brian, if she didn't do that, I would have. Cause I, I'm like, yeah. I would tend to be late on that. So that was, I was like, you got on time birthday cards. That's the because best. Of her. <laughs> that's the best. And then when I realize I'm late once or twice, I've actually haven't even written them yet. So I'll write, Hey, oh. I just wanted to extend your birthday a little bit. So here's a late card. <laughs> so you can celebrate longer. That's right. I'm like, <laughs> let me spin this. So this sounds oh, positive. that I'm a failure. Yes. Oh, that's that great. I, messed so I love that volunteer. <laughs> and the fact that she's never known and yet does it. Like, doesn't that say mm-hmm. something that she is, yeah. she knows that people probably won't realize she was doing that. And yet she does it anyways. Yeah. And I would have kids take a picture of the birthday card and text it and thank me, right? Like, yeah. thanks for my card. And I was like, you're welcome. And I had, you know, I played, I wrote the note, but it happened not because of me. It happened because of her. Yeah. Which in truth is the best of any group ever is when the team is working together collectively. Mm-hmm. And there's not this concern about, well, who's the face and who's getting credit, but it's a, we're a movement together. Yes, but it yes. takes it takes a it takes a strong I think a strong person who's willing to be in that place that she was in, and I imagine it yeah. probably comes out of the tragedy she experienced as well. Yes, and for her son, youth group was a powerful experience, so she mm-hmm. wanted to give back into that space. Um, and I had to be intentional about telling her about how much it meant. Like that was closing the loop for her. That sometimes I probably could have been better at of being able to say, Hey, I got this text message or different things. So that she also felt like she was a part of their story, um, in a, in a powerful way. But yeah, I was like the gifts, you know, we stumbled onto that goodness. I had no idea. She said, I worked at a post office. (laughs) That's the best. Oh, I would love to hear. I would love to hear like from our listeners, like what, what odd thing has somebody come and said, Hey, I do this as a job. Is this useful? Like yeah. I'm sure there's some really odd odd ones out there, and I would love to hear about it. Imagine landing your dream ministry role or engaging with a community of other youth and children's ministers as you learn practical tools and enriching insights together. Whether you are looking for your next ministry job or you are looking for ways to grow your skills as a leader, we have opportunities for you. 
Head over to yminstitute.com to learn more. And now, back to the episode. I think we're kind of leaning into something that hopefully um, hopefully our listeners kind of are hearing uh, is that there needs to be variety. You need to have this uniqueness about your team and about the people. So like you talked about your A team and person, you know, and and made the list in that last podcast episode. And today we're kind of leaning into the variety of that list mm-hmm. and how important it is to have um, a significance uh, in the diversity of your team in a lot of different ways. Yes. And I think what was helpful to me is along the way I was able to recognize that I I'm drawn. And I think most of us were drawn to things that are familiar. So therefore what I tended to do was recruit people that were like me who felt familiar to me. Cause that was an easier ask and then recognizing, Hey, that's why I'm doing that. How can you build a team of people that are different than you? So one of the things that I would do is look at, I would think through my, in my head, here are, here are the qualities I think I bring, right? And here are the gaps. And how do I find people who have these qualities that have these gaps to be able to do that? But being able to recruit people who of different ages, different stations in life, different personalities. Yeah, I think that's a challenge. At least it was a challenge for me because I tended to to be drawn to people who were more like me. Yeah, not only not only people who are more like us, but like just think the young youth or kids ministry leader, um, maybe fresh out of college or in their mid twenties, even late twenties, and you know, working with people who are older than you, and recruiting them and asking them to be on your team and asking to put them in a place where you're going to train them is intimidating and uncomfortable. And so I think a lot of young younger people in ministry don't recruit as variety of that they could simply because of intimidation factor. Um, and so yes. they don't they don't want to recruit somebody who's much older or a different stage of life than them because how who am I to tell you how to lead a kids ministry when you have kids and I don't like right. I, yes. and not only do I not have kids but I'm not even in the age range in my mind to have kids like so depending on your I guess your mindset as to where you are in your life and what you you hope but but still I think that there's an intimidation factor there so there's a lot yeah. of reasons either we're just we recruit people we're comfortable with who are like us we recruit people who um, are in the age range that makes us feel comfortable um or maybe even we recruit all people who are yes people who are always going to yes. be like yes whatever <laughs> you want yes 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 and that's not good either and that's not healthy no. um, then there's the other side too i wonder if there's something in us at times that keeps us from recruiting people because of bias. And there's a lot mm. of, you know, without going too far into this, there's a lot of reasons why that could be a lot of bias could exist. I mean, I even just think of uh, one of our former youth ministry Institute students whose entire youth ministry volunteer team was, was adults who were of the older age range uh, yeah. who most would never consider recruiting. Uh, and yet that was her entire youth ministry volunteer team. And she did well Yeah, with mm-hmm. that. Yes. There are these stereotypes of what a volunteer looks like. I think for us, sometimes we have to break through that, but also for people in our churches, like they almost self-select themselves out because mm-hmm. they don't fit the stereotype that they think would be good with working with students and children. So I think also being able to help educate them of being able, when you have those conversations, 
there might be some hesitancy on their side and probably on some level because they've already have some ideas of what that looks like and why they're not good at that. That's why I think when you're having those conversations, being able to talk about what assets they bring might help them break through some of those stereotypes. But yes, there's a lot of barriers when we think about recruiting. We also could be unsure what to do with a person. I mean, you had this woman who says, I work at the post office. And I mean, I could see that there's probably youth or children's ministry leaders who are like, I'm not sure what to do with that. What, what, you know, how do I incorporate them into it? Uh, and so it requires a level of creative thinking, a level of thoughtfulness about, you know, how could their gifts be used um, in, in the ministry that, that we're serving and leading? How could you use a risk manager? Do I really right. want a risk manager yes. Yes. on my team? Um, but perhaps I do. Do I want a finance person? On my team, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Depends <laughs> well, on if I you turn in your receipts. <laughs> that's right. When you're like those places, also create accountability. And mm-hmm. I think if we're not careful, we lean away from that sometimes and that accountability. So, being able to recruit a variety, you know, adds that as well as we have all kinds of different children and students that need different things from adults. Yeah. And so, if I, that was probably for me, what helped me really go over, like be able to go over that barrier at times of when I went and recruit people who were different was like, what my, what my students need are people who are different. And so I was willing to push through some uncomfortableness because it was best for students. Yeah. That for me helped me. There's absolutely been young people who I could be friendly with and they knew I was going to support them and they knew I would be there and listen and, and try to help form and shape and guide and who also don't connect with me as well as they do somebody else. And that is 100% true about every person out there. There, there are young people who are not going to connect with you as well. Um, and that's, that's part of it. Yes. And I think we have to be able to say that, right? It's okay that you are not, you don't connect with everyone the same way. Yes. So I think sometimes for our ego, that's hard. So we don't always just say that. Wait, not everybody we likes me? What? <laughs> Like I'm not everyone's favorite person. Um, I'm like, yes, I don't think we we say that, but we don't always want to say that out loud. We might know that to ourselves. Could that? But you're like, yeah. Sometimes our own ego gets in the way of being able to recruit different types of people and giving yeah. them right. There's there's freedom in that, um, and we have to confront some stuff in ourselves to be able to recruit well. Yeah. So when we say variety, we're talking about personality types. You know, if you're into the Enneagram or whatever, those different numbers, uh, introverts, extroverts, different career types, genders, ages, backgrounds. I mean, everything as diverse and wide in, in many different ways as you could get, I think only extends our ability uh, to, to reach more young people and to help them know uh, of Jesus than than if we have a limited team and a team that is all yes. sort of the same. Uh, so yes. when we say variety, that's kind of what we're looking at, everything. And if if you have to think long and hard about how to incorporate them into the team because it's a unique situation or a unique career path that they have or there's a unique skill set they've got, I think that's even better. And it may lead to something beautiful. And say the goodness is probably on the other side of thinking through that. What is that? Yeah, yeah. being able and we will reach more students, like you had said. Our capacity increases with the more diverse team we have. So for you know, trying to figure out 
because recruiting can be uncomfortable, what motivates you and using that to help you to be able to look at that yep. of all the different varieties of people and what a gift that is to your children and your students to be able to do that. Yeah. And as we uh, move through this season and we look at the lifespan of a volunteer, we're kind of real into the recruiting side at this point in time, but we'll, uh, we'll address like, how do you really, how do you really ask somebody to come into the ministry? How do, how do you do that? Um, and so we'll, we'll address that and hopefully that's helpful. But as you're thinking about that A team, as Kirsten described, that you're putting together, maybe look down the names and say, is this is this a, a list that shows creativity of thought? Is this a list mm-hmm. that shows a, a diverse group with lots of different skills and ages that can speak to lots of different young people? And if not, then maybe there's some other names that that you need to look through and, and add um, or ask other people who they might consider, uh, because maybe they have thoughts that, that you don't. Yes. I'm going to say, make that team what ask people. I think that's one of the best. You don't have to have all the pressure to do that list. Make that list by yourself, create your list, and then also ask for people's input. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, friends, I hope that this has been helpful to you, that you see the significance um, of looking at a diverse group of volunteers and why that matters. And as always, I hope we helped you make sense of this thing we call ministry. To learn more how we might guide you towards success in youth or children's ministries, head over to yminstitute.com.